Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So, sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com. All right, so I got a treat for you today. One of my closest friends in the heritage small business uh, community. I've known Shane from Smith's Leather Bomb pretty much from the first, you know, first couple months that I got into paying more money for stuff that I think is cool. <laughs> um, Shane from Maine, from Smith's Letter Bomb. Welcome to Fire. Yeah, Fire. man. Great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Feels uh, oddly, oddly formal, uh, given our like <laughs> our our biweekly impulse phone calls when something weird happens at the post office or <laughs> I saw this thing on the internet or can you believe that this guy said this thing about his jeans right um, right so we just got to relax right this is a totally yeah. normal conversation yeah um give me obviously I've heard the story 10,000 times I've told this story 10,000 times but for those that don't know uh the background the history the, the product of what Smith's leather bomb is what, Smith's all natural now would you are those your first yeah first? i guess it's it's Smith's all natural we had to pivot and sort of grow so i love it so give me give me like a little bit of a rundown of kind of where that started and what you do yeah the cliff notes and i want to keep it brief because a lot of people know the story if you've been around the brand at all but the short of it is in 2017 my wife dreamt up this formula for treating boots she had this idea that she wanted to go completely non-toxic in our home and when you do that, you start with under the kitchen sink. You know, you're under the kitchen sink. You're throwing away anything that's got a skull and crossbones on it. And it wasn't until several months later that we realized the stuff we use to clean our shoes and boots has a warning label on the back that says potentially fatal if ingested. Mandy's like, throw this away. I bet I can make something that works just as well. That was in November of 2017. And for a little while, it was kind of just a fun side hustle, just a creative outlet for us. You know, we launched the website, we launched the Instagram, we didn't really rely on that income. If we sold some, great, we sold it to our friends and family, but um, we kind of started to snowball moving into that winter and then into early 2018. And now it's to the point where we've quit our full-time jobs and we're full-time, sounds crazy, but we, we melt beeswax full-time for a living. Like, who knew you could uh, secure an income for your family doing that? But we do, that's what we do. That's so. dope, wild. So <laughs> cool. tell me about the, the pivot from, you know, being branded as a leather bomb brand to. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's probably a lesson here for, you know, other entrepreneurs who are listening or people who want to launch a business. I think we were kind of nearsighted in our development. You know, when we launched this product, um, we gave a batch to our family members, our closest friends and family and said, Hey, try this. We used it. We think it works. I think my brother was the first person to run out. We just put it in little Mason jars. It didn't have any labeling or anything. I think my brother was the first person to run out and jokingly said to us, Hey, how do I get more Smith's 
leather balm, like whatever it is. And we kind of laughed. We're like, oh yeah, I mean, we made it and kept it around the house, but we weren't selling it at that point. And we're like, okay, Smith's Leather Balm, it has like a decent ring. So we trademarked that name. We made an LLC in that name, the product, you know, the website with Smith's Leather Balm. And then sort of as we grew and decided to pivot and introduce, you know, other all natural products, we're like, well, now we're kind of locked into Smith's Leather Balm. We made Beard Balm. We made, you know, skincare products. And it doesn't make sense to go to smithsleatherbalm.com to get beard care, right? right? So kind of a lesson that we learned. Like, you know, I wish initially we had, you know, given it a little bit more forethought. So now it's smithsallnatural.com. Um, so I think there's a lesson there for any entrepreneur. And we help coach people through that. We have friends and family who are, in the startup space or they're starting up a business and you really have to think through what you're going to call your brand and are you going to be able to expand and grow? So I wish I had done that on the front end. Um, we've made nearly every mistake possible. So it's just another, <laughs> just another opportunity for us to say, Hey, we tried this. It didn't work, but now we operate under the parent company of Smith's all natural and everything's under that LLC and that brand. So cool. Yeah, man. I, so one thing that I've, I guess I thought about a lot and we've never had this conversation before, but I feel like kind of at the, at the core of the, the image of, you know, Smith's all natural Smith leather bomb is like, you know, we're just a husband and wife. I don't want to say we don't know what we're doing, but like just normal people that yeah. maybe you would say, don't know what you're doing, but uh, just normal people that like believe in this thing. Right. But when you look on the back end and you have a conversation with you, you know, you know, a ton and you've learned a ton about what it, what it means to start a brand, right? A brand versus a business, right? Sure. Um, where the line is between uh, a, like a product and a business that makes a product and a brand that sells a lifestyle and an experience. Sure. Um, so your, your like your skill and competence there is almost contradictory to the idea of, you know, where does a, where does a husband and wife and name that pour this leather bomb, right? Yeah, where did, yeah, yeah. Where did you pick that up? Was it really just all trial and error through Smith's Leather Bomb, or did you come into, you know, kind of, kind of into that opportunity with a knack for it? I mean, where did that come from? It's funny that you say that. So in our infancy, in our development, I I remember telling Mandy, in our marketing approach and our branding strategy, I would try to imagine the worst thing that someone could say about us and our brand. Mm -hmm. and try to put a positive spin on that or just embrace what it is. So in our infancy, and I feel like with a lot of startups and especially one man crew, if you're a one man business, there's this longing and this desire to present yourself as something bigger than you are to try to trick someone. Like all the language on your website has to be super professional and all the images have to be because you want to convey or lend that idea that although you're a one man operation, seemingly it's this global enterprise, right? Right. And we sort of flipped that on its head. Like we never from day one, we didn't care about misleading anyone or tricking anyone into thinking that we're a multi-million dollar corporation. So I can remember telling Mandy, like, we should just imagine what's the worst thing someone, what is this just a husband and wife pouring this at their kitchen table? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so, your like, version of it. And that's like the highest level. Well, of insult, well I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could think of some, uh, some more colorful language yeah. to incorporate or worse right. things. But yeah, I just remember like if someone was going to uh, criticize or critique the product, are you, are you serious? It's just three ingredients. I mean, I could stir these up. Like, yeah, it's, we're very forward in, you know, the ingredients that go into our product. You can 
make it yourself. I mean, like we wanted a certain level of transparency, but also vulnerability, if that makes sense, like in our approach. And we're not trying to mislead anyone or present ourselves as bigger or larger than life. It's very much. And I think that resonates. Like we get so many DMs and emails from startups and small businesses and husband and wife teams. And I think the fact that we're relatable and approachable and you know, respond as quickly as we can to any messages or emails we get, regardless of who they're from. Like, I think that resonates, particularly with millennial customers who you were the one of the first people who told me early on, I'm here for the stories. Like for you, it's all about the stories. And for us, that that stuck with me, I think, in a lot of ways. And it's about how we present the story. Um, in terms of content creation, and this is probably a different conversation, but I envy a lot of other brands who have new patterns, new drops, new products and goods, because that's all a possibility for content, right? right. So a leather worker or a leather crafter sources a new color leather or a new pattern or new fixtures or hardware design, like that's an opportunity for him to present and relay new content to his audience. But for us, it's very much that we're going on, this will be four years of the same wax in the same tin with the same label. And so I just realized on the front end, if, if I'm gonna keep this from getting boring, I have to have a certain level of vulnerability in the day-to-day -day and the, the steps we take and the missteps and the things we do wrong and how we rebound and sort of let people in. And I think people have been kind of to kind of join us on our journey. And I think that they quietly root for us and hope that we'll do well. So um, yeah, that's sort of how the spin that we put on it, you know, try to be relatable down to earth and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you've, you've sat around with us, you've been up to the house. We're, I think pretty ordinary boring. <laughs> oh, don't limit yourself. Don't limit you yourself. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I guess, so you've definitely found a home in a niche in, in kind of the heritage market, right. Going along with kind of as sure. a support to products that do cost a lot of money and are not a high margin. Right. Whereas you face a totally different set of challenges. Uh, you know, how do you build an empire on uh, a product that, you know, the average shopping cart, what, it probably isn't more than 20 bucks, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I have, on the back end probably is a much higher margin than a pair of red wing boots, but right. it's, it's a totally different set of challenges that maybe you, you know, if you are in the apparel industry or the leather industry, there's a lot of people that you can soundboard off of and, and learn from. Right. And you guys have really had to kind of pave your own path in, in that respect. What do you yeah. think? Um, it's kind of re revisiting the question I asked earlier. What, what tools, did you already have in your tool belt walking into day one of, you know, when, when you incorporated the LLC, what, what did you have in your tool belt that you think was invaluable looking back at it? Uh, I don't think I possess a lot of tools that are necessary to operate a successful business. My wife does. My wife okay. is super well-organized, creative for me going back as early as I can, I mean, into like middle school and high school, when people were talking about their careers and what they wanted to do. The only thing I think I've ever been good at is talking to people and maybe creative storytelling. And I think you and I have that in common, you know, like when we're at an event or a party, we're, you know, posted up with a circle of people, we're telling stories or telling jokes or I've been to New York City with you. I remember what it was like. Yeah, you, were in, you were in the corner. You were, you were terrified, absolutely terrified of being in this city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. At some events, I was certainly out of my, I was certainly out of my element uh, at, at some of those events. But 
going back as far as I can remember, I, I think I just wanted to earn a living and get paid to work with people and build relationships and partnerships and invest the time and energy that I do have in people and in the creative storytelling. So fortunately for me, when we launched this business, my wife does all of the hard actual work. So she pours every batch. She does all the shipping and receiving. My only responsibility is to run the Instagram and the website. Like that's all that I do. Um, and I think that's a even distribution of work. Don't, I mean, would you agree? That's like, I'm going to, I'm going to plead, plead the fifth on that one. I feel like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to incriminate yeah. anyone here. Yeah. So do you see, I mean, and, and you know, any, anything can change this the answer might be different five years from now, but do you have any idea of what Smith's all natural w- could scale to or what your goal is? Yeah, it's funny when you launch, and I guess this message is for the entrepreneurs and the creatives and the startups, but when you launch something like this and you pour your heart and soul and all the hours and time into it, it's true that it kind of takes on an identity of its own, almost like a child that takes its first steps and then it's, and then it's running and then it's involved and all these different, it really just takes on this identity that I would have never imagined that you could secure an income or a living melting beeswax and pouring it. And like, the fact that people want to buy hats and mugs and shirts that say Smith's leather bomb on it, like it's, it's grown to a point where it's hard for me to even imagine and believe where it's at. Um, many feel strongly about replacing toxic products in your home with all natural substitutes. So mm-hmm. it's, she is sincerely the heartbeat of our brand and what we do. And like some of the things she wants to do, like you have to look at it through the lens of, well, does that make sense for our business? But for her, she's just so passionate about eliminating toxic products from your home. She really wants to release a line of all natural deodorant. Like deodorant is awful. If you read the label on this, the average store-bought deodorant, and I'm going, well, I just don't know if that's the direction our brand is heading. But for her, it's very much something that she's passionate about. Yeah. And so I don't know, it may, lip balm is another thing that she's passionate about. So I think within the next few years, it only makes sense from a business standpoint to look at the pallets and pallets of beeswax that we have. And you kind of scratch your head and go, all right, what else can we make out of this? Um, But for us, it's important that there's a need that the market has asked for what, you know, I don't just want to look at the products we or the materials we have and say, what can I sell? How can I earn a dollar? It's more about what does the community need? What does the marketplace need? Are there all natural deodorants or alternatives to the things that are on the shelves? So, and I think that's where we've maybe experienced some success. There's been a return and, you know, in, in our society, you know, you spend good money on these heritage quality goods. It doesn't make any sense. The idea that it's somehow manly or masculine to beat the hell out of your stuff and neglect it and mistreat it, and not take care of it it's just ridiculous. It's just Mm -hmm. foolish. So, um, and we live in such a disposable society. I think we're experiencing a shift now where people are investing their money in products and goods that they expect and demand and require to last a little bit longer, you know, heirloom quality pieces, heritage goods. So that's sort of, you know, when we launched our product, this entire subculture that we're a part of, like was completely, I I didn't know anything about it. And I don't know, maybe you could talk I know you're interviewing me, but I'm curious to learn when you first stumbled upon this community, because it is very much a healthy and thriving community and network of people that all share common interests and really are invested in each other's lives. I mean, I've made friends 
through this online community and just the network of friends that we have in the denim community and the heritage workwear community that in my opinion, those I forged stronger friendships than people I grew up with or have yeah. known all my life, you know? Sure. And so it is very much community, but the idea of selvage denim, I mean, in 2017, when we launched our page, like I didn't know what selvage denim was. I think I had a pair of red wing boots, but I didn't know people were as passionate about it as they are, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't until we started selling a lot of product to people who fell inside of this community where my eyes were open to the fact that, wow, this is a really healthy, thriving community, people with common interests. And I've found this community to be incredibly loyal uh, in terms of when they pick up on a brand or a product that resonates with them. And when they know the maker, like our customers and our followers are incredibly loyal um, and true to who we are. And I think that's across the community. We've experienced that with almost everyone we've met inside of this little community. So totally. So I, I think kind of to, to revisit a point you made, I think, so when, when you talk about community, you're talking about the, the kind of heritage workwear, people that are into, you know, these kind of authentic, oftentimes American made brands. Right. Um, and that's kind of what I got into. That's how, how you and I had met, um, kind of built off of a fascination of the product. I was working, uh, you know, with a, a team of friends that were building a work, like a workwear heritage uh, online menswear shop. Uh, in Western Massachusetts, where I live, and I, that's how I kind of got involved and invested. Uh, and and that that was pitched to me. You know, I was I was new to the the niche and the industry, and that was kind of pitched to me under the the idea of the value proposition, right? And you know, as we've been saying, you you pay a little bit more for something that's going to last you longer, is made better, uh, you know, is made more ethically, slow fashion, slow goods, mm -hmm. you know, American made, etc. All we all know all the buzzwords, right? Sure. Um, so it, it wasn't really, and I, and I really dove into that, into that world really deep and got to know a lot of brands, as you said, loyalty, um, you know, understanding where it's, where it came from. You guys really capitalize well in, in your brand marketing on the idea of, you know, my friend made this for me. I know the person, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that made this good or sourced this good, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it wasn't really until joining the team at AF and traveling around last fall that I kind of picked up that our, our small heritage workwear community, which may be a you know, total new, new thing to hear about to people that might be listening that know AF or, or you know, are, are coming to this podcast through AF from, you know, different niches or di different interests. But that workwear community is a, a subset of the greater community of consumers that believe in the value proposition, right? So it's right. not just exclusive to uh, jeans and boots. It exists across, uh, you know, all niches, all interests. This yeah. just happens to be the one that, that you and I know about, right? Right, so there, sure. There's a much greater community. Um, and, and it's so funny that it's like, you know, we don't, we, don't view, we don't view other trends in society as, as communities, right? We don't view um, political affiliations as communities. We don't right. view, uh, you know, people that drive, you know, maybe this isn't, I guess people that drive Jeeps are, do consider themselves communities. <laughs> that was the only other example I could think of, right? But like, right. That's, that's such a weird, weird way to identify. And maybe not everyone chooses to participate in it or knows that it exists. But I think that that's a good indicator of the way that the market's going to go in the next handful of years, especially as, um, and I think I, I, had, I had this conversation with somebody recently, I might have even been on here, um, about reading the, the, the oncoming generation, my brother, my younger brother's generation, like they're looking 
for authenticity in purchases, right? And, and, right. and what, like we're saying, the stories, right? That's not going to die anytime soon. Right. Um, but that's cool. I mean, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a tricky, a tricky dance, dance to dance where you're not taking advantage of that, right? Where you're, where you're a part of that community. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you give back to that as much as, as, much as you, you take from it. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back. So, so you were talking about Mandy, right? And, and Mandy very much being the, the heartbeat and the, and the soul. Mandy's like, without a doubt, the best person I've ever met in my entire life. Mandy <laughs> saved my life at the Boston AF that you did last year when she gave me three Advil to cure my hangover. That's right. Uh, after, I do remember that. On Saturday. Um, yeah, and yeah. you guys are just so wholesome and so pure. I, I <clears throat> like, there's no way I could convey how much pain I was in. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, awful. Yeah. I don't think you would have been able to fathom it. But I'm always fascinated with this idea of when you're in a partnership, uh, someone is is the dreamer and someone is the grounder, right? Somebody is is having the big thoughts and, and shooting for the stars and the other person is holding them to the ground to make sure they don't fly off into the sky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, do you see that? Like, it, does that theory prove true in the relationship with the behind Smith's leather bomb and B who's who. So I'm not sure I know. Yeah, gosh. Um, we're very much the yin and yang. I mean, I think I can have these wild ideas and where I want to build and take and grow the brand. The problem for me is that a lot of times I get locked on the two to three year vision and I lose sight of the day-to-day operational, what needs to be completed in the next three days, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Mandy is very good about, she brought a whiteboard up here to the shop and she's like, all these ideas that you have in your brain, because I'm constantly like, they're on a loop in my mind. We should try this. We should do that. I should contact this person. This would be a really interesting partnership or collaboration. But Mandy's really good about saying, well, what needs to be done today? <laughs> or what needs to be done tomorrow or over the course of two to three days? And she's really helped me you can get discouraged if you only focus on what needs, what you want to accomplish over the next two to three years. There are so many moving parts and there are so many opportunities for you to experience either a roadblock or something that will just completely discourage you. And then you take three months off and it's not in development because you hit a wall. But Mandy is really good about helping me set up tangible, achievable goals that are realistic for, you know, a three week, three month, three years. And so she does a really good job of that. It doesn't, she doesn't get flustered. She doesn't get, it doesn't take much for me. I spill my coffee and the whole day's ruined, you know, but she's very grounded and centered and she doesn't let things like that bother her. So she's very much the voice of reason and sort of the, you, you know what she's like. She's like mother bear. She's very much. uh, Yeah. Yeah. She's just no one. I haven't met anyone who has anything bad to say about Mandy. Like, you could find a lot of people who would tell you a lot of awful things about me, <laughs> but like, no one has anything bad to say, but everyone just loves Mandy. It just, yeah. There's nothing bad to say about her. It's, you know? it's so annoying. It's just it so really annoying. is. Like, <laughs> I like the word you use, wholesome. It is very- she, Yeah, you guys are, both of you are just so is, criminally Yeah, wholesome. very wholesome. I think I'm less wholesome now after spending three full years, you know, communicating with you on a daily basis. <laughs> My vocabulary has grown. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel I like I'm, something you said to me recently that stuck with me was when you told me that you think people like me because I'm rude. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. like the, the highest compliment. Yeah, uh, it really but enough, is. Enough about me. Enough yeah, about enough about me. Yeah, yeah. Stop, so, stop. Keep it coming. So Keep it in coming. the last yeah. year or so, you've, we were talking about pivoting, right? Now right. you've 
kind of own own that the prophecy right that if you're good at something you you make money off of it right you don't do it for free so right you're you're helping people um tell me about that yeah this is super interesting pivot and one that i didn't anticipate or hadn't forecasted but um we've got a little over twenty thousand followers on instagram i feel like we do a pretty good job of the creative storytelling we get dms every week from husband and wife teams, small businesses, startups that say, hey, we really respect and admire you guys. We look up to you guys. Do you have any pointers? Do you have any tips or tricks on how to engage your audience or take better photos? People like our, our product photography. And so that's something that people ask about a lot. And on the, in, when we started this, I put together a couple little digital resources for our friends and family. Like, hey, we have a close friend that just opened a store hey, if you're going to run an Instagram, here's what we've done and experienced some growth and this worked for us. So we made these digital resources really just to kind of surf around among our friends and anyone who's trying to build and grow a brand. And then when COVID in March of this year, our sales kind of took a dramatic hit. Like we weren't, you know, a lot of our larger national retailers, their stores were closed. So for reorders were down for a long period of time. And it kind of gave me an opportunity. I've worked my big boy job, as I call it. You hear it called my big boy job Mm -hmm. for 12 years was to work as an independent business consultant. So we went full time in January of 2020. And then in March, we were kind of blindsided with the COVID thing. So because my skill set had been in consulting and partnering with small business, I think it was my dad who said, well, listen, I know times are lean and you just quit your job and now you're full time leather bomb, but it's kind of slowed down. What do you think about kind of marrying the two careers that you had and offering consulting services to, you know, small businesses and startups? So we've done that now. We've got, it's called Emerge Branding Partners. We're on Instagram. You can visit our website, EmergeBrandingPartners.com. It is very much, they're not sales tools. It's very much, hey, if you want to chat with Shane and Mandy Smith one-on-one about how they built and grew their business, um, that's how I learn best. I mean, you can give me a textbook or a manual and have me read it or you can just have me shadow someone for a day. And I feel like I'll learn a lot more if I shadow someone. It's very much an introduction into our workflow. We're very strategic and deliberate, intentional with how we post content, when we post content, how we take and organize our photos. So this partnership, we're working with probably 25 or more brands now at this point on how to effectively reach your target audience through the use of creative storytelling and what it's not, I, I like to tell people what it's not. It's not how to get a million followers in one year or how to triple your sales in the first month. It's more about how to effectively communicate your story and relay your brand message and carve out your brand identity so that you're unique and recognizable in the marketplace. Um, and I think we've been able to help a lot of a lot of small businesses do that. So I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you helping us and supporting that. So Yeah, it's been cool to watch you guys grow and, and kind of figure out out how exactly that works in a way that's authentic to both the parent brand and and to what what people need I think that's that's really what I what got me into I think the role that I play in in the heritage community or or aspire to play is that there are so many people that make such cool stuff Mm -hmm. but but intrinsically won't tell you that their shit's better than yours (laughs) <laughs> where that's oftentimes right. the truth. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's true. So yeah. Helping people to define that voice and creating opportunity, um, you know, for that, for that to be self-evident 
I think is, is yeah. a really interesting challenge to, to navigate. And, and you guys obviously have, have built the tools to figure out how to do that. So I'm glad that, that you're able to make that a function of, of the everyday, yeah. because as we said earlier, it's hard to build an empire on an $8 tin of beeswax. It really is like, not a lot of people know this story. I may have told you privately, but I don't think I've ever shared this publicly, but when Mandy first made this recipe and this formula and we're trying it on our leather boots and it seemed to work. And then our friends and family are telling us, you know, you might have something here, but you may have a business on your hands and you may be able to sell this. I went to Amazon and I bought probably two dozen leather conditioners, cleaners, creams, soaps. Red Wing has a full line of leather care products. And a lot of our followers are diehard Red Wing fanatics. So I was like, well, I'm going to put our product head to head against 10 or 15 of the most popular, you know, so I just bought, a, I mean, a ton of stuff yeah. and I got this side of leather and we used masking tape to kind of tape off like a grid system. See, right? That's so smart. I'm here thinking, did, <clears throat> did he buy like 15 pairs of boots? <laughs> I would have gone and bought them. <laughs> yeah. Shoes. That's smart. Yeah. That's, that's pretty smart. That's right? why yeah. You have the business it, and I don't. Might've been Mandy's idea. So yeah, we have this, we have this grid system, right? And uh, like, all right, well, we're going to try Smith's Leather Balm. And so we put Smith's Leather Balm in a corner. And then like mink oil is one of the, I think, probably one of the top products that people put. So, all right, mink oil and then Neat's Foot Oil is another product. And we, we must have tried 20 or 25 different products on this grid. And it was really neat to find out. I'm thinking, I'm going into it thinking, if I'm going to stake my life in this brand, like I want to know that it works and works better than the alternatives, right? right. So. It was really interesting. A lot of the products initially really darkened the leather. Mink oil is bad about that. So mink oil is made from the rendered furs of pressed mink. It's animal fat, right? So you're rubbing it in and it's kind yeah. of a gross, it's yeah. kind of a weird thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it darkens a lot initially. And then our product darkened a little bit, needs foot oil. So we try them all and they all kind of look different. Can I tell you this? <laughs> I don't think anyone knows this. The following day when I came out, guess what the grid looked like? they had pretty much all sort of returned to where they were. I mean, hmm. there were no wild differences. So I was kind of left with, all right, all of these products work. I mean, the reality is I've seen some of your red wings. You're tough on boots. If mm -hmm. Those new red wings that you bought, if you went two years and never treated them with anything, the reality is a stick of butter would, <laughs> would help make them look a little better yeah. because it's all about, you know, when leather is stripped of that moisture and it starts to crack and dehydrate and break down, the reality is you could pour margarine or like olive oil on your boot and it's going to work, right? Right. On some levels. So I'm looking at this grid and I'm going, <clears throat> what differentiates my product? What makes it any better? Like, oh, that well, okay, well, this one here, that was poured in a factory. That one right there is made from the furs of pressed mink. Right. This one here that I made, like I, I made this, right. like I hand measured, hand stirred, hand poured, hand sealed the tin is very much an artisan good at that point. So that's why we lean on the creative storytelling bit so heavily because that's what sets us apart in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, the reality is you can buy the full, the Red Wing leather care products work great. And if someone tells me, Hey, I'm using them. Should I switch? That's for you to decide if you want to support a mom and pop you know, artisan crafter, you can, um, if you want to use the leather care products that are provided you by Red Wing, those work fine too. Um, but I think that's where we've sort of been able, and I feel like the heritage workwear community very much adopted us because there's nothing inherently heritage or 
I mean, it's leather conditioner, so I guess it is applied most commonly and frequently to work boots. But your community has very much adopted us and sort of championed our product. And like I said, they're incredibly loyal. Um, and we're super grateful for that. So that's awesome. Well, and the other big differentiator there too is, you know, if you have 15 different things that you tried on that grid, how many would you feel safe putting your tongue on? You know, how many would you lick? Probably just yours, right? Exactly. I don't think I'd put my mouth, not right. that I lick yeah. my boots often, but some people do. I yeah. don't know. Cool, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the term all natural gets thrown around a lot. Like it's kind of, you know, some people you can put all now, I mean, arsenic's all natural, right? Right. Um, but there are a lot of products, not that I expect anyone to study the labels when the next time they're at the shoe store, but there are some that are pretty messed up. I mean, like this is a product that you keep under your bed or in your closet or under the kitchen sink and it has the poison control number. So if you have kids or dogs or, you know, irresponsible adults who like yeah. to dive into containers and you know like yeah. it's scary two of, stuff two of like, the three <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah cool man well i mean i think this is a pretty interesting insight into smiths that has not been really discussed in public forum before that was my goal I and mean, you guys have told your story ten thousand times and when we went to new york for denim days together i must have heard the smith story i would just walk away by the time but I know you were the you second day. I, I just was done because I heard heard enough about this nice <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. family that makes this product. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, so any any kind of parting shots or or advice that you would pass on to others that maybe are thinking about taking that jump? You've made some really bold, brave moves and being a business owner and you yeah. know, relying on the business to survive for you know your your big family and your thousand yeah. scary dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah should mention that Shane has two very scary golden retrievers. Yeah. They're um, terrifying. They're dude. I was not, I, I don't, I don't like your dogs. They're um, little fluff balls. Yeah. They, they're, they're the sort of dogs they want you to pet them and they demand that you pet them, which yeah. I, I know upset you because yeah. they don't just stand patiently nearby and hope you right. pet them. They yeah. kind of attack you. Yeah. They're good though. They're sweet. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Any, any, any advice you'd pass on to maybe people that are thinking about making that jumping off point? Yeah, I have some thoughts and I don't want to be pessimistic or negative, but I thought about this going into it, like how to encourage, I think what a lot of startups and entrepreneurs and the dreamers, maybe what they need is like a wake up call or, you know, just to be hit with like the hard facts, like it's going to take a lot of work, mm -hmm. like whatever dream you have, like to bring it to life, there are going to be influences and people in your life who try to discourage you or tell you that it's not going to work. And you're going to have to be resilient. You're just going to have to push through and be smart enough to know and understand and realize when you're pushing too hard to make something work, that's not going to work. Um, there's an idea and a thought that's, you know, kind of circulating right now that anyone and everyone should be able to take their passions and what they're passionate about and, and earn an, an, a living or an income or chase them down and run them down and don't quit. But I kind of think that's dumb. Like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, if you're passionate about carving figurines out of potatoes, like There's you're going to have a really difficult, <laughs> you're going to have a really difficult time marketing that, yeah, right? Totally. right? Like, totally. Um, well, I think it kind of, this, this theme that, that keeps coming up that I keep picking up on, right, is, is, especially when you think of the balance of you and Mandy, um, to think about it, you know, like you got to put thought into these things. Things have to be intentional and methodical. I think like back to high school, if I would do something stupid, my dad wouldn't, wouldn't like wouldn't be mad. He wouldn't even do that. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed thing. He would 
he would say something along the lines of like, I just like, I want to know your thought process as to why you thought that was a good idea. Like, tell me how, tell me how you got there. And now like, and it sounds like kind of a dickish thing to say, I think that's just the smartest thing, right? Like you got to think, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you would, if you would put, I see people that make mistakes, whether it be in, you know, my personal life, interpersonal connections or businesses that I think slip up or, you know, friends or whatever, don't meet expectations. It's like it, what would how would the outcome have been different if you had put x percent more thought into it you know right. so I, I really admire kind of the the methodical nature that you guys have as frustrating as like as a friend of the brand it can be frustrating to be like why aren't you why aren't you just doing it you know everyone talk, yeah, talks, yeah, yeah. talks that's a real contradiction to the other core belief that like do it don't talk about it but right you guys really have struck i think a, a pretty impressive balance of you know putting the appropriate amount of thought into it and, and meeting that with an execution um, you know, at the power that, that the brand deserves. So yeah, I would I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I would encourage if, if folks that are listening that maybe have a brand or, um, you know, are, are struggling to tell their story that, that Emerge and, and Shane and Mandy are, are a really great place to, to start or, or to grow. So yeah, where, man, thanks, dude. Where can, where can folks stay in touch with you on, on all fronts? Yeah, Instagram is how we communicate primarily to our audience uh, at Smith's Other Bomb. Our website, smithsallnatural.com. Um, this year, we're going to have an increased focus in 2021 on launching our YouTube channel and trying to have more content on there. People have asked to see like the behind the scenes, the making, the pouring, kind of a, a tour of our workspace. And so that's the plan for 2021 for us to engage cool. and have more video content. Cool. So. I'm really looking forward to that <laughs> you'll have to drive up Are yeah you, you'll have to come up here and oh do a little little guest spot yeah we'll Uncle do it, like, we'll do spot, it real yeah. like cringy influencery right what's up what's up babes <laughs> today <laughs> everyone's gonna ask you about my skincare routine <laughs> yeah there was a time when we we discussed this the the lukey fits blend like the uncle lukey blend and it was going to be like a leather bomb i know but it was going to have a fragrance it was going to smell like camel menthol cigarettes and bad decisions right like yeah, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> it was going to smell like the underside of a dive bar seat cushion yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. We'll make that happen when you come up. Yeah, All right, we'll limited. Okay. We'll do a limited batch. Limited, yeah, we'll do a limited batch. batch. I love it. Yeah, Sounds yeah. good. For it's a mustache wax, you can smell it all day. Perfect. Yeah, dirty, dirty dog. Cool, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, always, always great to talk. I'll probably talk to you in like twenty minutes when something funny happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you should message about it. Get, get into, get into Shane's inner circle. Definitely. Um, you know, use, use the dude as a resource. He loves to talk to you. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, thanks, man. We'll yeah, bud. Appreciate it. Soon. Appreciate Have it. Have a great day. See you. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is Fireside by American Field. Learn more and check out all of our featured brands at fireside.shopaf.co. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com.